a gal who isn't interested in living the status quo life, who wants to hear from other ladies that are paving their own way while making waves, well then, She Makes Waves is for you. I'm your host, Lindsay Mayuga. Join me as I follow my curiosity around what living a successful life really means. Let's dive in. Hey, everyone. Thank you for joining me today. We have Krista Levitt on the show. She is a curly hair specialist a master curl stylist, and empowers others to learn how to embrace and care for their hair. Her salon is located in Fredericton, Canada, and she offers online courses to people worldwide. Thank you so much for joining me, Krista. Thank you for having me on. I'm so excited to be on your podcast. I've followed you for a long time. Yeah, no, I love how paths cross. And then like, I feel like we had kind of talked about you being on. And then last week, it was like, she believes she could, so she motherfucking did. And you were like, that should be our episode. I said, done. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I have a really good, like, kind of, or my story around that um, kind of quote, basically. And I think it, I don't know, it might help others um, who might be kind of in the beginning stages to realize that at some point you might not even need that quote anymore. So I feel like we can kind of delve into that a little bit. No, totally. Because even before we started recording, I was thinking about how like Danielle Laporte, who's also a fellow Canadian, said that you're supposed to like outgrow the medicine that you take or the teachings. And when when you were saying like, God, it was like this thing that I needed and I didn't need it anymore. I love the idea that like the thing that helps you isn't always going to stay the same thing that helped you. It's like it's kind of cool also to reflect back and be like, wow, like I needed that. And now I live it and I'm like embody it. And now it's almost like, I don't need the constant reminder. Right. Yeah. I always kind of been that kind of person that like, I like the quotes on the wall and in the signs. And I like the, you know, I used to love the live, love, laugh and all those signs on the wall. And now my walls are blank and peaceful. And again, like you say, like, I feel like I'm living all the things that I needed before. Um, and I think things come to you in the right time as nature and the universe intended. But years ago, when I first was um, creating my, my first home salon, so a bit of a backstory is that I have been a hairstylist for over 20 years now, but the last 10 years I've been really focused on curls. And it came really f- born from the need to help a neighbor who had really very curly hair, had a bad experience at the salon again. And just so like, why don't hairdressers know how to cut and, you know, style curly hair. And I never have a good experience. And I basically said, Hey, listen, you know, it's because we don't really get that training in hair school. It's just kind of not part of the programming. And I said, if you're willing and open to it, I'd love to try and help, you know, fix what I can until you can kind of grow it out and, you know, find a stylist or whatever. I had just had my third baby. I was on mat leave and one of those things where your mom's at the bus stop and um, I was kind of, I had just moved to another city. So I'm a military uh, spouse. And so every two to three years, I would have to pick up my business and port it to a new city. And every city I went to, I chose to have a home salon because like you, I feel like we have a lot of similarities in our lives. But my husband was military and gone all the time. So I was the default parent, you know, and I needed to find a way to fulfill, think, find things that fill me up, which was always caring for other people you know, hairstyling, but also how do I do that in a way that I can also be mom and support my family. So anyway, so from helping this neighbor, you know, discover that, you know, she could manage her hair a little bit differently and better. I discovered that I had curly hair, no idea. 
right? No idea that I had the curly hair that I have. I just thought it I was cursed with this horrible, frizzy, horrible hair that I would, you know, blow, blow dry into this big lines mane and then spend the time to curling iron all day long. So anyway, so from that born, bore this business, um, where I started from a home salon, um, started, you know, doing curly hair, um, as a side service on my menu, my service menu. It was like, do all the regular hair stuff, color cuts, kids, men, whatever. And eventually, the more that I worked in my business and the more I kind of listened to my own intuition, I realized when I work behind the chair, I have small kids at home. So I'd, I'd rather just do, um, you know, be with women. You know, this was like my out, my mental health working with female clients. And so I kind of took kids off the menu. I took men off the menu because at the time I just, again, I felt I just needed that. And, um, but before I actually, as I was setting up this initial salon, this is a big backstory. Like I told you, I was going to scroll a little bit, but no, I no, I love it because even I like when you were talking and you were saying you didn't know you had curly hair and I'm like, oh my God, this is like such an analogy for life. Trying to like fit in, trying to muscle something and then being like, like that's like, you didn't even know like that you had curly hair. So you're like trying to make something work and you're trying to make it look like something it's not. Instead of just being like, your hair's gorgeous. I'm looking at it right now. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I literally, I didn't know that my hair could do this. So literally in trying as a hairdresser to help somebody with curly hair, I went and did the research. I, I bought a book all about curly hair and I went and found products at the local beauty supply that might help her. And as I was reading the book, there was a sentence that said, where there's frizz, there's a curl waiting to happen. And I was like, wait a minute, I have frizzy hair. I wonder if my hair's curly. So I'm I just feel like that's even a beautiful quote about life right there. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Like, yeah, where there, you know, I don't know how we can like trend, but I know exactly what you mean. So I just thought, oh, wait a minute, maybe, maybe my hair's curly and maybe, you know, this is what I've, this, how I felt so poorly about my own yeah. hair. Maybe one of the reasons I became a stylist years ago, not knowingly, um, was that, you know, maybe my hair was, I was trying to make it something, a force, something that wasn't. So yeah. work with my hair. But at the time when I was starting that first salon and I wanted to have that little service that was kind of on my menu, curly, like learn about your curl service. Um, and I just self-taught my, anything I could delve into about curly hair. I just, you know, devoured it. Um, I had other hairstylists that I used to work with saying, no one is going to come for that curly service because people with curly hair want to wear their hair straight. And I just, I just felt intuitively that from my own experiences that if people knew and were educated in how to manage their hair, that um, they actually might want to wear it curly. They might actually feel empowered to feel good about themselves because again, they were forcing and flat earning and straightening something that could never be straight. Right. Even yeah. straight flat iron hair will puff out and grow with the humidity. Right. Even though it's straightened. So anyway, so I said, you know what? I just so when I found that sign, you know, the sign said she believed she could. And so she did. I needed it at that time because nobody really believed that what I was about to kind of embark on was going to work. Um, you know, again, the industry is like, you know, people with um, frizzy hair need, uh, smoothing and blow drying and, you know, blowing out and straightening treatments. And 
So to learn how to do this, which is, you know, how my hair is styled, you know, obviously took a lot of research and time, but I just felt like, man, I feel like if I could teach women how to embrace what they naturally have, that they act, their hair might feel healthier and they might um, feel like you could, you know, work out all you want and work on your mental health. And those are all pieces of um, feeling uh, of self-care and feeling good about being in your own skin. But there's always that element of, of the hair. And I don't know how to kind of verbalize that, but there's like, if your hair's not right, sometimes you just, you don't feel your best. So if I can help women feel their best and empower them with not just cutting and styling their hair for them, I want to teach them. I want to give them a good haircut, of course, meant for curly hair, but I want to teach them how to style their hair every day at home so it can look like salon-worthy hair and they've done it themselves. So I'm empowering them to feel beautiful in their own skin every day. And that was kind of how all this was born. But that sign that said she believed she could and so she did, that was on my wall in my salon for probably the the three salons that I had, three different cities, three different salons. And when we moved to Fredericton, New Brunswick, um, my salon is so small like this is the only white space on the wall. And this is where I take my, you know, before and afters, right? This little tiny little patch of blank white wall. Um, there's no room for the sign in here. And I, it ended up being in storage. And I just was kind of clearing the storage room a couple months ago. And I found it and I thought, oh, shoot, like, where am I going to put that? And I just kind of sat there while I just thought, you know, where's the space on this wall for this picture to be? And I realized that I don't need this anymore. I know that I can do whatever I set my mind to. And the more that I intuitively listen to myself and not the outside crowd, the outside voices, you know, I will build my business for what works for me and the right people will find me. So I feel like when I listen to your podcasts and I just feel like everything that you're saying is I'm living it and it's true. And I am like out the other side from the initial 10 years plus ago saying like, Oh God, maybe this isn't going to work. People are telling me it's not going to work, but I had this just little inner knowing this little voice, you know, a little whisper that said, you know, what if it could work and what if you can make a difference in people's lives doing something completely unconventional and out of the box. And when your, your intro is like, you know, do you want to connect with other women who are paving their own way and making waves? And I'm like, I'm literally doing that. I'm so literally paving my own path and I'm making wavy hair. Right. So I was like, I, I just need to talk to Lindsay because I feel like we're just very similar on similar paths and similar. Um, I don't know uh, what the word is. Like but mindsets, just, thought process kind of thing. That's kind of my story around that. I believe she could. And so she did it. But when I sold that sign, it was a little nostalgic when the lady took the sign, but I just felt like it was going to somebody who also needed it at that time, you know, right now. Yeah. It makes me like think about how I had a giving key. I don't know if you've heard of them. When I opened my first business, I might gave my partner um, one and I had one and it said dream on it. And the whole point of a giving key is like this word on a key on a necklace. And the idea is that when you no longer need it, you give it to someone that needs it more than you. And when, when, when I was thinking about when you said you don't have, you don't have the sign anymore, I thought it served its purpose. It helped you to do that in your life. And when you no longer needed it, you gave it to someone who did. Yes. Yes. That's it. I just love really that. It. 
So like, what is your like day-to-day life look like? Cause it sounds to me like from your story, like you didn't know, like, could I have an entire career based around this one thing that I do? Is that, is that really what your day-to-day is like now? Because you were talking about your service menu. Like, can you take us to like, from, from 10 years ago to today, like, what is your like career look like? Right. Yeah. So again, before learning about all this curly stuff, I was what I call a traditional stylist, you know, cut color, perms, straightening treatments, you know, um, all those things. And when I decided to put that little first salon in a bedroom in my, you know, the first salon that I created, I started out with all the things that a normal stylist would have on their service menu. And it didn't take me very long to realize that not only did I not really have the capacity to do all the things because I was now by myself. Um, and I, again, I had had three children. So when I started, the youngest was just one. Then I had a, a, f- a five-year-old and a seven-year-old. So when I first started on my own little adventure. Um, and so I needed to find a way to work, obviously, around daycare and school schedules and bus pickups and all those things. So working from home was really smart to do. But I, I kind of realized really quickly that I could not sustain all the things on the menu. And it really came down to, again, me working in behind the chair going, okay, what, what actually, uh, as a hairstylist, I feel like we're caretakers and we, we do all these amazing things for other people. And we often forget about what we want and what feels good for us. So, um, yeah, when I, when I really kind of went uh, inside myself and really going, you know, what do I need right now? Like, um, I didn't love doing color. Color wasn't my passion. Color kind of gave me anxiety and I felt like cutting hair was much more predictable. Um, and I also, with this little tiny curly service menu or service on my menu, it's like learn how to wear your hair curly kind of thing where I would cut and then uh, wash and style someone's hair while giving them guidance along the way of what mm-hmm. products to use and how to use them. Um, like the more that I did that service, the more I kind of realized, you know, I really love doing that. And and I think I could probably take maybe men off my service menu, mostly because I work from home alone and having like the neighbor, I wondered what, what the neighbors think <laughs> having streams of men coming into my home <laughs> if they didn't know what I did. So, um, and then I, again, I t- took children, most children off the menu because I just really needed that time with other women because I was home alone with a husband who was never there. Uh, I shouldn't say never there, but he was gone a lot. He was in the um, Canadian military, but he was in the special forces. So it's a whole other level of military wow. space. And you're by yourself because you're not allowed to tell other people what your husband does or where he is. And often you don't know anyway. So he could leave for work on a Tuesday morning and not come back for two weeks and you don't know anything, you know? So it's kind of chaotic. So I needed something for me because I was home all the time with the kids. And so I took, you know, men, kids, I took color off the service menu, which really just left cutting and styling. And honestly, it only took about five or six months from the time I opened my first little shop at home to the time I realized that I should probably um, follow my curiosity with this curly thing was that I was having people um, email, call, Facebook message at the time saying like, I know that you only do curly hair, but like w- I have straight hair. Would, would you still do my hair? And I thought, where is this coming from? I, I do everybody. Like I do all cuts and all styles. Like, um, but somewhere along the way, because obviously one satisfied curly client probably 
boast it to the world because it's so hard to find somebody who's, I don't know if the word is like curl centric, but someone who really gets it. I mean, I had curly hair. I was still on my figuring out journey, but I was willing to, to be open-minded to just do, you know, do a lot of curly hair. So I had a lot of happy clients, but really the turning point for me was when I had this um, very quiet, um, I, I'm not going to say meek, but I'm just a very, very quiet um, lady in my chair. She's probably in her mid fifties and I cut her hair and I washed it. I showed her how to style it. And once it was fully dry, I kind of fluffed it out and I turned around to the mirror. It was almost like, it was almost like in the movies, this like dramatic, I didn't mean for it to be dramatic, but it ended up being because I turned around and she looked at herself in the mirror and tears started coming down her face. And I thought, oh my God, she hates it. She hasn't said hardly anything this whole appointment, you know, very quiet. And, and I said, oh, I said, is everything okay? Did, you know, is there anything you'd like me to adjust or... And she said, no, it's not. She said, I love it. She said, I have wished for hair like this my whole life, and I didn't think it was possible. And so those tears were tears of happiness and joy. And that was the moment that I knew that I have to do more of this. I have to make more people feel as good as this lady feels in my chair right now. So um, that, that was it for me. The initial one was helping the neighbor. And when I helped the neighbor, I figured out that I had curly hair. And then the next you know, aha moment was doing this one client's hair. And I thought, and then obviously, again, people were like, I only know I only do curl. I'm like, I do everybody's hair. I don't know where this is coming from. But those were like all key little, again, kind of whispers. And I could easily not have listened, listened, but something, I think maybe because I always struggled with my hair, you know, like I would literally blow dry my hair and I would wear a tube to bed and I would have scrunchies all the way down my ponytail trying no. to like flatten it. I never did the the actual iron on the ironing board to straighten it. But I remember the day when I realized that my crimper, when you turn the plates around, actually had flat plates. And that was like a slightly game changer, although it was never hot enough to make a, you know, not a true flat arm, but I was like, oh my God. And then everything was like straight blowout. And even for 10 years after cosmetology school, everything was just smooth blowout, curling iron, flat iron until this neighbor came into my life. And, and um, I remember her saying, I remember saying after I learned about this whole like helping her with the curls and realizing that I had curly hair, I started to feel a bit angry. And I, I was like, why didn't we learn this in hair school? And, and, and why am I just learning this now? And, you know, somebody has to do something. And my neighbor, that initial neighbor, she's like, well, don't you have a cosmetology license? And I was like, yeah. And she's like, why couldn't you be the one to do something? And I was like, you know what? Maybe I can. And yeah. I, that's when I decided it was time to go back to work and, start this whole thing. But again, it was really just meant to be a little curly service on a regular salon menu. But like I heard you say in one of your previous podcasts that you, you don't realize until you go kind of independent and out on your own, that, that everything has to change. And, and you are now, you know, like when they talk about moms, like if moms were paid the true value for all the things that they do, it'd be like $180,000 paycheck a year. It's the same thing for going independent is that, you know, all the things that you're now responsible for that you weren't at the salon, you don't just pit, plug and play from a salon into your own business, you, but you think that it is. So there definitely needs to be more warning around, you know, you now do everything and now you're going to work more hours than you've ever worked in your entire life. And how do you work that into being also uh, a parent, 
a partner is very difficult. Like the whispers and that, like the frustration. One thing that it made me think of is my, um, she's been one of my coaches and she's like a spiritual guide, Gina. She says that, um, that the things that annoy you are like the things that are a part of your genius. And like that your irritation is because it's like so easy. You're just like, you can see how it could all be done in a way that's like not annoying. Right. Yes. And like, I was just thinking like, yeah, like that's, it's like, there's things about like, when you think about cosmetology school, I'm like, why aren't we taught boundaries and how to like have fulfilling lives? It's like, like the thing that like irks you is like part of your calling, you know? Yes. Oh, hundred percent. And I, and you don't realize it until now at, you know, year 20 plus as a stylist, 10 years doing curls, I'm looking back going like, you know, I didn't know at the time, I didn't know if I, it's almost like a fake it till you make it. I didn't know if I believed in myself. So I needed that sign to say she believed she could. And so she did. And I would like meditate on that almost like that would be my mantra. She believed she could. And so she did because everything was so much. I was trying to again, have everything all at one time. And, and it's not humanly possible to do all the things you want to do in your career as a, a, a mother and also be the mother. I always felt like I was giving just 50, 50, um, yeah. to both. And, and, and then I have that extra boundary problem of my business is like right in my house, my daughter's yes. room is right next door. Like how do I separate? So that journey of, for me, trying to create those boundaries that keep me mentally healthy and emotionally regulated. I feel like that's, that's a kind of a hot word right now, but it really is true. I feel like as a hairstylist, if you are emotionally regulated as a parent, if you are emotionally regulated, that is like the key to life is being emotionally regulated, you know, and learning how to emotionally regulate yourself because our world is usually quite chaotic as hairstylists, you know, like, again, you're not even eating lunch or using the bathroom or you're jamming so much into your day trying to people please. And again, you're kind of forgetting about yourself and you often ignore your own boundaries that you've even set for yourself because we're such caretakers. So there, you know, there's definitely a whole other level when you're an independent stylist, you're niched and you're also working in your own home. I feel like there's another it's taken me a long time to get to that point. Like another layer to all of it. Yeah. Another well, so, little bit of a layer. Yeah. So when you had that client that turned around and like had tears in her eyes, was it at that moment that you said, okay, I'm only doing curls or how did and, and then from that moment, you started saying no to anything that wasn't a part of the specialty you wanted to have? I wouldn't say, I would say it all happened so organically. I feel like cool. it, it was meant to come to me at that time. And it was meant to happen that way. I didn't really have to say no, because my books were so filled with oh. people. nobody with straight hair could even book in. And maybe at that time I started thinking, okay, how do, how do you even, again, everything I just kind of figured out on the, on the way, which is, I think all part of the process, you know, you don't get to be where you are today without all the struggles that you had previously. And there, there was a quote that I really wanted to um, read to you because when I see it, I just think, yeah, that's it. That is it. That is like how we get to where we are. 
So it says, um, the women I love and admire for their strength and grace did not get that way because shit worked out. They got that way because shit went wrong and they handled it. They handled it a thousand different ways on a thousand different days, but they handled it. Those women are my superheroes. So having, you know, women to, to look up to, whether it be women who you admire as parents, women who you admire as business owners, um, you know, mentors, coaches, like you can't get to where you are all by yourself. There have been many people who have given me guidance along the way. And a good friend of mine at the time when a big brand company had asked me to work for them and it would mean traveling. And my husband also traveled. And so basically he said, you can't like you are the default parent. You are the secondary parent. And right now, not that you can't, but right now you can't your kid, the kids need you. My job, unfortunately with the military is primary and this is our primary bread and butter. And you just unfortunately can't do this right now. And I remember feeling so angry because I was so hell bent on building this career and only doing curly hair and becoming the best Canadian curl specialist there ever was. Um, and I was really focused on career because being working in your business is easier than parenting. It a hundred percent is easier. Even at as much as, as business stuff is hard, but it's easy to bury yourself in business and work. It's much harder to parent because, again, you've got that whole emotional regulation piece. So, <laughs> but, you know, ultimately, um, I just feel like I, I am here and I figured out that I wanted to do curly hair it was mostly because I followed my curiosity that Elizabeth Goldberg, you know, she used to say, follow your passion. And she changed it to be follow your curiosity. I have, that is how I have run my whole business. And every decision that I make is, you know, what is that little voice whispering? What is my body telling me? Um, and what, what move am I going to make that, um, where I can listen to that, those, those things, my intuition, my body listened to the needs of my children at the time. So this one stylist rounding back, I was like, where am I going with this, Lindsay? <laughs> so going back is an experienced mother. She had grown children at that time, um, probably getting close to where my children are in ages right now. And she said, listen, Krista, she said, you can have it all, but you cannot have it all at one time. And I was like, oh, so for me, that I always keep that in the back of mind that I, if there's something I really want to do in business, um, you know, I might be able to do that. And that's where I'm in this, you know, for that long game. Once I realized I was in it for the long game, some of those like pressures to do better and be better and do all the things just kind of melted away because I'm like, oh, I'm in this for the long term. So it's okay if I can't tra travel and work for that brand, um, you know right now, because maybe I'll get to do that later on. And I'll probably be in a better place career wise, experience wise, to be even better at what it is I wanted to do, or my vision for my business will have changed or my business for or the vision for my life will have changed where I don't even want that goal anymore that I thought was like the big, you know, if I do this, this means I've made it, you know, right. and me now, I wouldn't even want to work for a brand. I am my own brand. I was just going to say, like you built your own brand instead and you're building your own brand instead of someone else's. And I, I love that, like you feeling like you missed an opportunity. It wasn't meant for you then. That's right. It was. It has at, to, the it has at the time, you know? And like, I don't know. I just think like even like, 
whether like even like the story I had on my podcast yesterday about like sometimes things don't happen, well, never really on your timeline. But like I had a file in my head of all these people I wanted out that, you know, I knew had reached out or I'd wanted them on my podcast, but the timing wasn't right. And then when it, the timing's right, things just hit different. Yeah, 100%. Because yeah, I'm not the person I was even before the pandemic. Like we talk about, you know, doing all the things and running yourself into the ground. And, you know, I I did. And as much as I was like, oh, you know, too bad. It's a pandemic and I can't do people's hair. I was like, I was flat out on the couch for months. I hit burnout capacity, like to the nth degree. And I needed every minute of COVID just to climb myself back out. And then also... Um, to teach for me to learn how to listen to my body and how to not overdo things. So learning again, creating boundaries, saying no, and especially learning. I learned a lot about parenting at the time, gentle parenting. And I learned about emotional regulation and I learned how emotionally unregulated, right? Unregulated I was. And because if, if you are unregulated as an individual, the people around you also are, can be like feed off of that energy and be on like people need our emotional regulation to emotionally regulate themselves. You know, our children need that, especially um, not that we don't show emotion, but just, I that, know what you mean. Well, you yeah, know. I think COVID was a gift for so many of us that even though it sounds like you had been mindful of your career, there were still blind spots or there were still, you'd only known how to do it. And it's like you were doing it slower or you were doing it in a more thoughtful way than you had before. And as was I, but I agree, like COVID hit and I went in and found out I was pregnant. I went to the doctor. I was like, my lower back's hurting. Is that, is that just from uh, being pregnant? She's like, I think it has to do with the sedative nature of your lifestyle right now. And I was like, the sedative or whatever that word is. I was like, Oh, she's like, I think it's what kind of couch do you have? And I was like, I have, I have been on it a lot. I've been on my couch a lot. And I was like, this is not from the pregnancy. This is just a lifestyle problem. (laughs) Like in what world would a hairstylist have like, like, like a issue with sitting too much. But I feel like so many of us got the time and space that we didn't even know we needed because we were like, we're doing it in a way that feels so much better than it did. But then it's like, I went back in a smaller capacity and went back with more impact within the time that I spend with people. And I think it just kind of, we already were following curiosity or following like, maybe it could be done a little different, but then it's like, wait, I still was overworking or I still, I didn't have to do it as much as I was doing it. Or I think you're so right that COVID, like, obviously there's a lot of things in a lot of people's lives that got harder, but I think a lot of hairstylists that were on the path of leveling up got to see their lives from a vantage point they never had. 100%. It allowed you to step back and look at things. You know, was I even being the mother that I wanted to be? You know, yeah, career, great. I'm on this path. I'm burning out, I'm burnt out, but like it made me step back and go, wait a minute, I'm not being the parent that I know I can be and that I want to be. So how do I now balance the scales a bit better? There's never a full balance, you know, but like you were saying that when you, when you go back and be to work, you know, after COVID or whatever, being mindful of all your boundaries and all the visions and desires that you have for your life, personally and professionally, it allows you to be very more present when you are working 
um, and then more present when you're at home. And I feel like the balance that I have struck at year 10 plus in business, 20 plus years in my career, it's taken me that long to figure out. And if I had had somebody to mentor me, I could have maybe got here sooner. But again, everything happens for a reason. And I just feel like, you know, I'm at the place right now where I feel like I can also help other stylists in their career learning about curls. So, you know, I've started educating, but even still with educating, I just taught a class this weekend and I'm like, hmm, okay, what have I learned from this class? What do I want to do differently? You know, and I think there's a lot of things that I can even, every time you do something, you learn how to do, You if you can be aware enough to take a moment and reflect on it, you can always figure out how to improve it or how to make it better or how to set a better boundary on this or that, which will help you as an individual and help your family as you're part of that family unit um, step into that, you know, next arena more. Again, I think it's awareness. I don't think before COVID, I was running at such a fast pace. I didn't have awareness. I followed my intuition and I did the things that felt right for me and my business and my family at the time. But I think COVID allowed me to stop hard, hard stop. And all of a sudden I had this more of of an awareness of everything. And I think that that has helped me immensely is yeah, just being aware because you can't change you can't change if you're not aware that there's a problem or an issue that needs changing yeah so no even as you were talking I was thinking like even like by dialing back a little bit of the client you know like the time with clients and maybe allows us to be more introspective in the moments that maybe don't feel good or we're like oh what was it about that interaction today just even the to be able to like go back to moments and be like, what can I learn from that? Like, what didn't I like about it? What did it? And I, I agree. Like I never had the space for that before to be like, so now even when things go wrong or I have an interaction that doesn't feel good, I'm like, okay, what can I learn from this? Like, how do I not feel like that in that kind of situation again? As before I would have been like pissed off something happened and now I'm like, okay, let me use it. Let me like use it. Let me put it into this like this like map I have of my life and figure out like, how do I, what about it did I not like, or what did I like more of? And it just kind of makes you more, I don't know. It just keeps you kind of like honing in, honing in, honing in on like, and I think it makes you also be respectful of other people doing that. Like when you're making changes and stuff, like I had a friend come into the salon yesterday, who's a Pilates instructor and he's moving to um, California and he's like, excited but scared and it was funny like I feel like you know it's just like that idea like being scared of like he's like some of my clients aren't happy for me or you know like feeling like these feelings and I feel like when you are living your truth and growing and learning you're much more respectful of other people doing that and you're not like it's not a personal thing like and I feel like that's what's so cool about like the interactions with my clients or the people I interface with I'm just not taking things person as personally anymore 100% and I feel like that's like emotional regulation like I just right I feel like because when we are able to know ourselves and know what triggers us and again if something has triggered us trying trying to dig down to deep why did that trigger me and how can I make it so that doesn't quite happen again. Either I set a boundary, I express a need, I, um, you know, again, yeah, the things that other people do and say are no longer, they no longer affect me because I am so dialed in, like you say, dialed in on what I need, what my family needs. And 
So I don't even hear the noise anymore. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but I'm just very, um, I have a a vision. I have a path. Um, I don't have everything figured out. That's for sure. No, no one does. Yeah. People are lying. Right. Exactly. Like I just try, I'm trying to live. They always say like, if you're living in the past, you know, that is like depression. And if you're living in the future, that's anxiety. And so I try ever so much every day to just live in the now. And I feel like living the now, I just don't hear all that other stuff. I don't care what other people think of what I'm doing because I know that way back when, um, you know, if I didn't believe I could at the time, I read that sign over and over and over again until it just became, it's like affirmations. It was an affirmation for me. Mm -hmm. She believed she could. And so she did. And then I did. I, 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 everything, I know that because of what I've done as a military wife, as a mother, and as an independent business owner, I know literally anything that I decided to put my mind to, I can make it happen because I have grown my confidence from every failure that I made and every hard thing that happened to me, although it was real crappy in the moment and it was heavy, um, grief, you know, all these things. I know that all of those experiences led me to the um, very peaceful and confident place where I'm at right now. So I I could have the industry leader in my profession say that I'm, you know, a horrible person and I do horrible work and it wouldn't affect me at all because I know my truth. And I know that I know that if you believe you can, and even if you can't like this, I don't know if it's fake it till you make it. There's another way to look at that. It's not fake it till you make it. It's basically just do it until it becomes your truth. Mm -hmm. So I just kept doing it and putting one foot in front of the other and trying to um, focus my intuition and what felt good for me and not listen to, not blind to have blinders on, but not, I just stay in my own lane. I don't compare. I try not to compare myself to other people. And when I do, that's when I know I don't feel good when I'm comparing myself to other people. I have a totally different journey than you do and other, you know, others around me. So I just try to focus on what's best for me, what's best for my kids, what's best for my marriage and let everything else just fall away. But if I didn't believe that I could do it, then I need, you need that affirmation every day. If you believe you can, you can. And if you believe you can't, you won't, or you can't like, that's it. Well, I pulled a card for you as you were talking. Cause I was like, Oh, I forgot to pull a card for this one. I kind of like to get a feeling for like what the, the energy is. And the one I got for you, I feel like it's so perfect on everything we were saying. It says peace internally creates peace externally. The way you move through the life and around people changes when you have an inner calm. The storm may rage around you, but you have a choice whether you let it in. And I'm like, that's exactly what I've been talking about. That is it. That is it. I love it. That's perfect. I know. I was like, while you were talking, I'm like, I don't know how this is going to work because she's talking right now, but here we go. Bombs away. It's so, and I feel like that's basically this whole episode. What I feel like you kept kind of sharing is this like, you have a peace within you that no matter where you are, that like you you can be with people, they can have a storm raging and you can hold space and you can be there for them, but you don't have to let it into your life. Yes, that's right. I did have um, an energy worker one time. She was a client of mine 
And as I was working away, she said, can we just stop for a minute? Do you mind? Can I just do something? And I said, okay. And I didn't. All means. Yeah. Right. I didn't believe at the time I was a little skeptical and Mm -hmm. whatever energy work she did on me. um, She said, I feel like you have grief. And, and I said, well, I have this heaviness around my heart. She said, that's grief. You have grief. And so she did her energy work and this grief, just this heaviness. It was like this elephant sitting on my chest that I always knew was there. I just figured it was anxiety and it was me running a business and trying to, you know, manage a life and kids and move every two years to a new city and reestablish your life. It's a lot. It's a lot. But um, she did this where energy work and she relieved this grief. And she said, I feel like because as hairstylists, you hold a lot of other people's like you like you say, you can hold other people's grief. So their hair traumas, a lot of times a curly clients, they've had a lot of hair trauma in the salon. And so they come in and they let it all out and you can, you're almost a bit of a, a therapist. Um, but at the time I was letting this in, I was letting this grief in and it was sitting heavy on my heart because I cared so much for people and having a good experience in the salon, maybe for the first time in their life. It was, it was a, maybe a heavy something I didn't need to hold, you know, like Mm -hmm. job is to do my best work and be the best listener I can be, but I don't need to hang on to that at the end of the appointment. I can let it go. And so maybe that's also where that inner peace came from because I stopped taking it in. Right. I have created this energy boundary. I don't know again, because I don't know much about energy. All I know is I no longer feel the heaviness in my chest. And it's been probably four years since that interaction. Um, and so I don't, I no longer have that feeling, but I definitely have more of an inner peace and calm. And I think that even if the client is coming into your chair in a, in a place of chaos and they've had a crazy day, you can just, you know, Hey, let's just take a moment. You're here mm-hmm. now, you know, we're, we're going to make you feel great and beautiful. And this is a time for you to be, you know, in a very quiet, calming space. So they borrow clients, even leave more emotionally regulated, you know, from their appointment than when they came in. And I think that's part of our gift as hairstylists, if we have learned that inner peace and inner calm. So I think that's Well, even like, instead of taking on their heaviness, just pass a little bit of your peace to them. That's right. And they'll feel fine. Right. Like if you have so much peace, you can give it away. And and it's like, it doesn't need to come back to you. It's like- I love that. Yeah. So where can people find you? Where can people learn from you? I love everything you're doing. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So for me, it's really on Instagram. I'm curl specialist uh, at curl specialist. And my website is uh, curlspecialist.com. So awesome. and all the links and all the YouTube videos and all the things you can find there. So awesome. Well, thank you for sharing your story today. I know people are going to really just value it. Oh, thank you. It was really great to talk to you. And it's been my my wish to be on your podcast because I just feel like it's such a connection to your message that you share every every time you drop a podcast and you know your social media. I just I feel like a really I feel like we're we're on the same path. Honestly, listening to you talk, I'm like, oh my God, it's not just me. I still, you know, you make something and you wonder, like, oh, do people connect with it? You know? Hundred percent, literally. You know, in motherhood and in business, I just feel like we're running very parallel paths, and I just feel like, yeah, if you can share these messages of kind of hope to and reality and vulnerability to your listeners, I just feel like we the, we can make the world a better, maybe more peaceful and calm place because that's what 
want for everybody. Amen. 